Welcome back to another episode of the Pug and Cop Boxing Show. This is Mike Coppinger alongside Lance Pugmire of The Athletic. And we have a lot to get into today. We're going to be joined by the pound-for-pound king, Canelo Alvarez, who's going to preview his upcoming fight against Avni Yildrum and why activity is so important to him. And we're going to break down if Canelo truly is unbeatable. He's clearly the top fighter in the sport right now and the sport's biggest star. What is it going to take to push him off that mantle? Uh, and then finally, let's discuss Canelo's trainer, Eddie Reynoso, who's off to a big, big start off of that Oscar Valdez knockout of Miguel Burchell and, of course, Ryan Garcia's knockout in January of Luke Campbell. So if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, rate, review. And now we're going to get into the show. Lance, you know, obviously it's a big mismatch on Saturday. And I see some people criticizing, but I think this criticism is way, way misplaced. I mean, this guy, Canelo, is fighting three times in five months. December against Callum Smith, and I don't want any revisionist history here. At the time, he was widely considered the best 168-pounder. And then, you know, two months later to fight Avni Yildrum, and then he's going to fight Billy Joe Saunders on May 8th. I expect that that Billy Joe Saunders fight will be formally announced, if not Saturday, you know, probably Monday. But I think Billy's going to be in Miami, and... Look, I mean, if you're criticizing uh, Canelo, I don't know why you don't want Canelo to fight more often. Surely he's allowed to have an easy fight in between two tougher fights. If, if Canelo was fighting Avni Yildirim in May, that would be a different story. But I've been hearing from people saying, oh, well, maybe, you know, why aren't other mismatches criticized? Well, I think in other situations, if the fighter is competing once a year or twice a year, it's different. Don't you think, Lance? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. I mean, I think the thing is, is that if you are going to criticize Canelo, I mean, uh, right now is your jumping off point to uh, to do so. But look, I had some uh, pretty long conversations with some boxing insiders just about where Can- Canelo stands right now in the boxing world this past week. And one of the most impassioned opinions came from, you know, the very respected trainer, Robert Garcia. Uh, and what he said, he said, look, you know, like, A fighter who wants to remain active is a positive thing. And also, if you look back at the history of, you know, Julio Cesar Chavez Sr., and a lot of times this criticism is connected to people who are, you know, on the side of Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. as the greatest Mexican fighter ever. You know, look, he took some of these fights too. Go look at at his uh, resume. Go look at, you know, his fight log. And you'll see these types of fights dotted in. Canelo Alvarez is a guy who, where a fighter who has activity ingrained in him. I mean, I was looking at his, uh, his box rec and from 2006 to 2008, Mike, he fought 22 times. So he knows, you know, keeping busy is in a fighter's best interest. And yes, he is a marquee, um, talent, you know, who a la Mayweather and Oscar de la Hoya has the right to only fight twice a year. And obviously some other boxers have, have sort of taken that route. He doesn't want to now. He's 30. He's at the peak of his powers. And he's deciding to, you know, stay in the ring, keep sharp, honor a WBC mandatory that's in play. And let's be honest, uh, make some money. Yeah. And he's going to make a lot of money, Lance. And, you know, I've heard from people saying, oh, well, Canelo's just fighting now because he's going to make a lot of money from the zone. 
Well, yeah, of course he's going to make a lot of money. That's his right. And, but he's also staying active. And a lot of guys don't want to stay in the gym after a fight, let alone, you know, go through a full training camp and have a fight. So props to him. It's only going to make him better in the ring and it's going to only make boxing better too. Uh, anytime you can have the biggest star in a sport fighting. I mean, I think it's great for everyone. Me, you, managers, the fighters on the undercard, other competitors even. Canelo brings interest to everybody. So it's a good thing, and I'm glad he's doing it. And I think it could also open up Miami as another hotbed for boxing. I think it's a, a long, underutilized market. Um, you know, great weather, obviously. A lot, large Latin contingent and just a fun city. So let's see how it does this Saturday. And But look, on the actual fight side... I think it's going to be easy. I think I, I see this as more of a Rocky Fielding type matchup, right, Lance? Maybe he goes two, three rounds. I think that's probably, I think anything past four would surprise me. Yeah, I, I mean, Canelo Alvarez is in position to uh, dominate this fight. Let's be honest. I mean, he does sort of have a style where he can ease into the fight. So maybe it does go a few extra rounds. Maybe it goes six, seven, even eight, you know, but you know, the people I'm talking to say the, the thing that is unca- uncanny about Canelo Alvarez is that by the fourth round, he has completely solved the riddle of the opponent he's dealing with. And, you know, we're talking about uh, fighters such as Daniel Jacobs and Callum Smith, who, um, you know, you know, the matchmaker, Brad Goodman. He said he made Callum Smith look like a, a six round club fighter. And that's the that's the thing with Canelo It's just he's just so aware because he does pay so much attention to the sport that he loves. You know, he can pick apart a guy's flaws and then he's going to pounce. So, you know, can can Yildirim stand up to the punishment that he's about to receive? Let's see how long. Could it be as short as two rounds? Yes. I'm thinking more uh, that it's probably going to be around six, seven to where uh, this guy falls. Yeah. And like I said, um, I think it's great for the fighters on the undercard. We have, I think, Julio Cesar Martinez is on the undercard against McWilliams Arroyo. And we also have the pro debut of Keyshawn Davis, who was was widely regarded as the top amateur in the U.S. team. Supposed to go to the Olympics. Now he's turning pro on this card instead. And there's a lot of hope for him as well. So, um, Also, Lance, let's take a quick look at the odds for the fight. And all odds presented on the Pug and Cop Boxing Show are per BetMGM, our sponsor. So obviously the odds aren't great if you're going to bet on Canelo. And uh, you know it's obvious that he's going to win. But hey, let's go to our producer, Cam Molina now. Cam, what are the odds looking like for the over-under on this? Yeah, Mike, on the over-under, that's probably where you're going to find the best value on BetMGM. Under two rounds, plus 650. Two rounds or more, minus 1,400. Less than four rounds, plus 140. Four rounds or more, minus 200. If you do individual round betting, though, plus 700 Canelo wins in round one, plus 550 in round two, plus 500 in round three, and then it jolts up to plus 600, plus 700, and plus 900 in rounds four through six. So obviously matchmakers thinking that this one is going to end probably before round three or four. Man, I think Lance, I kind of like going for that uh, under two rounds. Wow. Some good value there. I think you can do it. I'm just going to take the minus six and, uh, you know, six or less and and play it safe and just take my winnings and, and go home, Mike. The reason I like the under two is because with Canelo fighting again in May and he just fought in December, there's no way he's looking for rounds. Like, why would he need to look for rounds, in my opinion? I think he could just go for it and say, all right, you know what? I don't want to suffer some kind of injury or some kind of nonsense, a headbutt, what have you. Let's just get this over with and move on to Billy Joe. Yeah, that absolutely could happen. I just think that, again, the way that Canelo has sometimes uh, tries to ease into the fight, 
I think that he's going to maybe uh, uh, take a, take a little bit more time. Maybe he's just going to be a little bit more deliberate. But I think, you know, look, it's a solid bet for you. I know you've got some uh, more house money to play with. Uh, me with all these kids uh, asking for college money and everything like that. I think I'm going to play it, play it safe and take the minus 150. Yeah, all right. Well, there you have it. Um, but yeah, ride with me, I think, and go under two and just let it ride. Take the gamble. But Lance is going to play it safe. But now we're going to hear from the man himself, Canelo Alvarez, and he'll be accompanied by a translator. So he'll be speaking in his native Spanish, although he does speak English too. And we'll have that translator providing his comments. Thank you so much for joining us as always. Uh, first off, you know, it's incredible to see any fighter, but especially someone of your magnitude fight so often. You're, you fought in December, you're fighting again next week, and then you plan to fight again on May 8th. What made you want to be so active? No, me gusta, me gusta lo que hago. La verdad que lo disfruto mucho y, y como lo he hecho siempre, ¿no? Yo podría pelear muchas veces eh, y la verdad que disfruto demasiado. Me encanta, me encanta estar eh, activo. I like, I like what I do. I just really love what I do. Uh, reality is that, that, that I can fight many, many times. And what I like the most is being active. Was it, was it, was it? Any part of that, uh, Canelo, rooted in any advice from someone like Chapo? Because you know, back in the day, a lot of fighters used to fight to that level of activity. Did you consult boxing history at all and say it's a good idea for me to stay in the gym, to, to stay fighting, to stay as sharp as possible? Pues la verdad es que, aunque no peleé, la verdad es que siempre estoy activo, siempre estoy entrenando. Entonces, ¿qué más que, que seguir peleando? No, La verdad que estoy acostumbrado a estar peleando muy seguido. Toda mi vida, toda mi carrera boxística, pues he peleado demasiadas veces en, en un año. Eh, hubo un año que peleé 14 veces, entonces estoy acostumbrado prácticamente. Well, I'm used to fighting. I'm used to fighting often. So it's what I love. It's what I love doing. My boxing career, I've been always active. Uh, reality is that I fought 14 times in one single year some time ago. So I like what I do and I like to stay active in this. All right, Lance, let's take a quick pause right now as we're going to hear from a sponsor. Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying, or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. Yeah, Canelo, you're really now at the height of your stardom. Um, and I think being more active is just going to make you a bigger star, more visibility. And, you know, obviously this fight with Yildim isn't the biggest fight, but you're going to carry the promotion. What does it mean to fight in Miami? Because Miami to me is a is a city and a market that, that could have been big, big in boxing for a while now, but it's kind of been like underappreciated. Así es, no, pues para mí, la verdad que todas las peleas, yo no subestimo a nadie. Eh, todas las peleas para mí son importantes y obviamente abrir una, una nueva plaza en Miami, pues es bueno para el boxeo también, ¿no? Y para todos los peleadores y el pelear en Miami para mí es, es, un, es, un, es una, una motivación más de poder abrir boxeo grande en Miami y que haya 
que haya más boxeo, ¿no? Y, y creo que esta pelea sabemos que tengo mucho más cualidades que Yeldirim, pero, pero obviamente no subestimo a nadie, ¿no? En el boxeo un golpe puede cambiar todo y estoy listo para cualquier cosa. That's right. And I don't underestimate anybody. Not at all. I'm always, I always prepare for that. And Miami, Miami, it's a great venue to open up into boxing and bring boxing to Miami. Miami, it, we could make it big in Miami and bring it out to the fans there as well. And when it comes to Yalirin, I don't underestimate him at all. I'm just a boxer with more qualities. However, one single punch can change everything. Absolutely. Is there is that part of like the mental challenge of this fight, Canelo, and that basically no one is picking him to win this fight? And so you really can't let your guard down at, at all, right? You've got to just be completely focused on the task at hand. Sí, la verdad es que a mí no me no me interesa, no me importa si le dan oportunidades o no. Yo le doy la oportunidad y por eso la tiene y y no lo subestimo. Yo me voy a subir al cuadrilátero como con todos mis rivales y hacer lo que sé hacer y, y obviamente salir a ganar. Yes, yes, and I really, you know, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me what they say. I give him the opportunity. However, I don't underestimate him. I'm going on the ring and give the best of what I'm able to give there once on the ring. Right, and the expectation, of course, is that you're going to fight Billy Joe Saunders on May 8th. This is, of course, you know, if you win as expected, if there's no injuries or anything, And uh, to me, that's a really big fight because unlike Callum Smith, Billy Joe Saunders has that big bombastic personality. He's very outspoken um, and he's a really good fighter. I think, you know, he's a southpaw. He has great Así feet. Es, no, sabemos que esas son las peleas que queremos, ¿no? Queremos unificar y él es el campeón de la OMB y, y, y es el posible rival para mayo. Pero la verdad que ahorita yo estoy enfocado en, en la pelea del 27 de febrero nada más. Como te digo, el boxeo no es un juego, ¿no? No, no estás jugando arriba del cuadrilátero, no tienes que enfocarte 100% en lo que tienes enfrente y después hacer planes, ¿no? Pero obviamente, como lo he dicho, mi, mi meta a corto plazo pues, es unificar y, y obviamente esperemos que todo salga bien el 27 de febrero y, y ir por ello el, el, en, en mayo. That's right, that's right. And the intention here is, you know, fight, uh, you know, fight May to unify the uh, the WBM uh, title on this. And I'm focused, however, right now on the fight that's coming this February on the 27th. Boxing is no game. You have to take this very serious. And our intention is to have that fight as well in May. Focus on that fight because our short term goal is to unify the four titles. Part, part of the thing for, for you, Canelo, that I think is so interesting is how your gym has changed over the years. I mean, when you talk about the preparation, it used to be, I remember going to that gym, it was just you, Eddie, Chapo, um, and you guys doing your work. And now it's like you've got guys like Ryan Garcia in there, Oscar Valdez, uh, preparing for his uh, title fight. What does that, what does that camaraderie and that bond of working alongside those fighters mean to you? Has it, has it helped you as a fighter? In, in regards to your preparation or your focus or concentration? No, para nada. Siempre estoy enfocado al 100%. Y obviamente como que hay más, más motivación todavía de la, que, de la que he tenido en mi carrera. Más motivación, el estar ahí entrenando y, y, y con toda la buena vibra. Creo que eh, ha cambiado y ha cambiado para bien. ¿no? Creo que mucha más motivación todavía. 
No, not at all. I always focus 100%. But there is more motivation in my profession, also having the guys there, the good vibe that's around there. So it's just caused more motivation in my profession. Yeah, Canelo, you said for a while now that your goal is to be the undisputed champion at 168 pounds with all four belts. The other title holders out there right now, you know, you have two titles um, and Billy Joe has a title. You're scheduled to fight him May 8th. And then Caleb Plan has the other title. So is the plan, if everything goes smooth, not looking past anybody, of course, to fight Caleb Plan maybe in September? Sí, eh, obviamente ese es el plan. Trataremos de hacer esa pelea, esas, esas peleas y... Eh, trabajaremos fuerte para que para que se puedan concretar esa es, esa es la esa es la idea yes obviously that is the plan that is what we have in our site for the future and obviously work really hard to make these fights happen to make them you know concrete to make them happen and unify the titles make those fights happen yeah this this conversation started uh canelo with mike talking about you as the number one pound for pound fighter in the world and obviously to be the man in the sport. I know this has been a, a long time coming for you. You've had to endure, you know, some of the things that were going on outside the ring within the last year. What does it mean for you to be at this point of power now in your life, you know, at the age of 30 and just feel uh, like you're standing on the, you know, the tallest mountaintop of the sport? Me siento muy orgulloso porque para eso trabaja un peleador, para eso trabaja un peleador para ser el mejor y y ser la atención de todos y que to todos te quieran ganar obviamente arrancar la cabeza creo que me siento muy orgulloso de lo que de lo que he logrado y, y creo que eh, me siento orgulloso de poder seguir manteniéndome aquí en la cima y, y eso es eso es un orgullo para mí y creo que para mi equipo también very proud very proud you know because i've fought i've i've worked really hard for all this and you know this makes for all the fighters who want to rip your head off but at the same time this is you know it, i'm very proud to be at the peak at the, the moment and very proud of all the hard work of my team of everything that's that surrounds it yeah and canelo you know as the top star in the sport i think you're going to be in a, a great position to affect some change if that's what you want to do. Obviously, boxing has a ton of problems right now. Too many belts, maybe too many weight classes, PEDs, um, fighters getting taken advantage of by promoters and managers. If there was one thing you could tackle uh, some at some point in your career, what would it be? No, pues obviamente, ojalá, ojalá que se acaben todos estos títulos y que haya mm, mm, más control de, de, de que no haya tantos títulos no en una categoría, que haya uno solo y y, y, y adaptarse a eso, ¿no? Pero, y obviamente eh, el poder, eh, eh, creo que estoy dando ese ejemplo, ¿no? De, de poder hacernos, de que nosotros podemos hacer nosotros solos nuestras promociones, podemos eh, eh, ser nosotros los peleadores el que, el que tenga las ventajas, porque al final el que se sube a dar la vida es el peleador, no, no el promotor. Eh, no, no, el que tiene que tener la mayor, la, la mayor... Eh, Ahora sí que bonus pues es el peleador, ¿no? Al final y, y eso es lo que quiero dejar en el boxeo y que, la, y que los peleadores se fijen bien y, y, y que aprendan de eso, ¿no? Y que los mexicanos, los latinos eh, que vengan aquí, que, que no porque sean de otro, de otro lado o, o latinos eh, se quieran aprovechar de eso, no, nosotros podemos, podemos cambiar todo esto.
Well, I'm going to be the example and uh, hopefully, actually going back as the interpreter, hopefully all the titles, they do come to the end that they don't have as many and that they can have just one, you know, simplify it. And we as fighters adapt to that, to simplify it, to just have one. And on, on, in regards to the other stuff, I'm just the, the example, I'm an example of being able to promote yourself and be able to do it for yourself as a fighter. Because at the end of the day, we're the ones that risk our lives. We're the ones that go up there and put our lives at risk not the promoters. So this is what I'm trying to bring and show others that are coming behind me as a bonus as well, that we can do it ourselves, you know, to Mexicans, to Latinos that are coming, that they're taking advantage of, that that doesn't, for that to not happen anymore. And that taking advantage of seizes and that they learn that they have the power to do it themselves as well. And yeah, to that point, you recently gained your promoter's license in Nevada. Congrats on that. And, you know, um, you're going to have a lot of, I'm just wondering, are you going to be promoting your, I know your own events, but are you going to be signing other fighters? Do you see this, you know, turning into a big promoter, like a top rank or in the future? What's your plans? No sé lo que se me presenta en el camino, la verdad. No sé lo que se me presenta en el camino. Pero obviamente, si se me presenta poder ayudar a peleadores, pues lo haré, ¿no? Pero lo importante ahorita y lo que nos queremos enfocar es en mi carrera, en mi carrera, eso es lo que queremos prácticamente esa es la idea pero pues no sabemos que nos vamos a encontrar en el camino y poder ayudar a otros peleadores pues me encantaría no pero la idea ahorita es enfocarme en mi carrera I don't know I don't know I don't know what uh, this path might bring what might happen with this but obviously help other fighters would be a great thing to do. But right now we are focused on my profession, on helping my profession grow and use this. But of course, if the opportunity arises and I can help other fighters and promote them as well, then that's something that we will see and see what path this takes. Yeah, I think it's real admirable, Canelo. I think you are setting the tone. I know Tiafima Lopez has pointed to you as saying like, you're a guy who steps in there against basically anyone as you have done. And uh, the other point on that is that, look, in your performances against Danny Jacobs, against uh, Callum Smith in December, you have just looked so sharp. And I know this may be like a dangerous way to think if, uh, as a boxer, but are you at the point in your preparation and your skills, are you feeling like you are truly unbeatable right now? Sí, la verdad que me siento mi mejor momento. Me siento muy fuerte. Me siento un peleador más maduro, con más confianza arriba del cuadrilátero. La verdad que me siento en mi mejor momento. Yes, I really do feel that I'm at my best moment right now. I feel that I'm a more mature uh, boxer, that I have a lot more experience while on the ring. So yes, I do feel that I am at my best moment currently as a fighter. I feel very well. And you have reached a point, Canelo, to where you clearly are empowered to do whatever you want with the rest of your career. You've worked very hard, as we said, outside the ring to have that, that strength. Do you foresee the possibility at all, because I know some fans are still wondering about this, that you would ever entertain the idea of fighting Golovkin again, or is that ship sailed and that's over? La verdad es que yo estoy abierto a todo. Eh, quiero darle las mejores peleas ya les dimos dos peleas con Golovkin y si se hace la tercera estoy abierto a todo la verdad es que eh, eh, estamos aquí para seguir haciendo historia y seguir ganando grandes peleas 
I'm open to anything. I'm open to anything. I want to continue giving my the best fights to everybody. We've had two. And uh, if a third one would to arise, then I would consider it and, you know, put it forward and make it the best. It's, uh, it's just my intention to bring the best fights to the fans. And uh, last question for me, Canelo, you know, we saw in the Callum Smith fight that he emerged with that. I think it was a, a torn biceps. And a lot of people thought that you were actually targeting that that left arm. Is that what you were doing, in fact? Sí, la verdad es que nosotros vimos que su mejor arma era el, el, el contragolpe de izquierda. Estuvimos trabajando eso y desde el primer asalto, si vuelves a ver la pelea, pues salía a anularle ese, ese golpe peligroso que tenía. Y después del cuarto sentí que ya podía empezar a hacer yo mi pelea y fue como, como pasó. Yes, we saw that uh, that left uh, counterpunch was his best weapon. So as you could tell, if you go back to the fight, when I went out on that first round, I went towards that. And you could see it as well that on the fourth on the fourth round, that's when he started to feel it. So I did go after that. We did prepare for that. Part, last thing for me too, Canelo, is that I know even on this fight, you tried to bring it to Mexico. And I know you still want to do that. What does it mean for you as as your Mexican fa fan base continues to build uh, and continue to be as strong as possible? Do you think there will be a day that you will be able to bring a fight to Mexico? And what would that mean for you to be able to celebrate and show your greatness with your people? Espero que sí. Me encantaría volver a pelear, aunque sea una vez, eh, volver a, a, a pelear en, en México y brindarles una, una, gran, una gran función, una gran pelea a la gente en México y me encantaría la verdad que es, es algo algo que tengo que tengo en mi camino. I hope so. At least fight one more time. At least uh, go there back go there again and you know offer a great fight, offer a great show to my people to Mexico. And yes, I hope that it does happen. That's something that I do have in mind and that hopefully does happen. Great. All right, Canelo, thank you so, so much. Good luck as always. Thank you, thank Mike. You. Thank you, Lance. Thank you, Canelo. Anytime. All right, Lance, let's take a real quick pause here as we hear from one of our sponsors. Thanks again to Canelo Alvarez. And if you aren't following him on Twitter or Instagram, although I'm sure you are at this point, if you're following boxing, you can do so at Canelo. He's up to 7.9 million on Instagram. So maybe he'll get pushed to eight with one of you. Um, Lance, what's your media reaction to what he was saying? Yeah, the number one takeaway from me, Mike, was the fact that he agreed with the question, do you feel unbeatable? Yes, he does, he says. And so I think that that's interesting. I mean, I, I canvassed a bunch of people in the boxing industry for a story you'll see today on The Athletic. And look, is it a, is it a cocky uh, thing that maybe a fighter shouldn't say? A lot of the people I, I talk to say absolutely not that you want that type of confidence that, you know, Tom Brady, when he steps on the football field, doesn't believe that anyone out there can beat him. Michael Jordan never believed that anyone was a better uh, basketball player than him. And this goes along with the just the aura of who Canelo Alvarez has has become at this point. And let's be honest, Mike. I mean, he after, you know, the, the hard fought rematch with Gennady Golovkin. He has been very dominant, and you just see that continuing to that dominance just continuing to increase as he moves into his prime. And now this push to be so active this year, I think, is only going to increasingly sharpen his skills. I mean, we can look at the landscape of the guys that he will probably fight this year, Mike, 
and you know, let try to make your best case for any of these guys who could beat Canelo. Billy Joe Saunders, Caleb Plant, maybe a, a the trilogy fight with Golovkin. Who who you know can beat this guy? And I just don't see a face out there or a name that is capable of doing so right now. What's yeah, Lance. Thoughts? I mean, there's no fighter in boxing right now that has that aura of invincibility around him like Canelo Alvarez. I mean, I spoke to somebody in boxing uh, the other day that told me if Canelo, the same version of Canelo, sorry, the same version of Floyd Mayweather that Canelo fought in 2013, that if this version of Canelo fought Mayweather now, they think Canelo would wipe the floor with him. Now, yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far, but you know, I, I think that'll be a really, really interesting fight if it was you know that version of Mayweather versus this version of Canelo at 154, and that just speaks to the kind of how people see Canelo right now. I mean, this guy's already a first ballot hall of famer. And I think you're right. I think the perception of him has really changed land since that hard fought battle against Golovkin in September, 2018. You know, now he's at 168. He's dominating another weight class. To me, I think maybe the most intriguing option stylistically that gives him problems is Jermall Charlo. Charlo's right. a big guy. He's a big puncher. He's a smart, patient fighter. Great jab. That's the fight I want to see most. Yeah, no, that'll be a great fight. I think the thing that Canelo does that, you know, the the boxing insiders are so impressed with is his attention to the body, Mike. I mean, he's just a he's just a punishing guy who's there basically every second of the fight looking for these types of punches that hurt you and pressure you. And that pressure is is very difficult for anyone. I mean, I know that Charlo has some uh, obvious skills, but that pressure is is so hard to contend with over the course of, uh, you know, a long fight. And obviously those, those minutes sometimes may may go by fast when we're watching the fight. But I can tell you when you're in the ring engaged, you know, they go by very slowly and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of pain to be dealt with, uh, by Canelo Alvarez. And the fact that he's just become such a sophisticated boxer who does still have that, you know, that kick-ass mentality, uh, that the Mexicans carry into the ring, uh, speaks volumes and it, and it's, it, it underscores exactly why he is the number one pound for pound boxer in the world right now at the second. Yeah. And I know you're going to detail that Lance in your story. I'm excited to read it. And if you're not already subscribed to the athletic, you can read, do so and read Lance's story, go to theathletic.com slash pug and cop Lance. Um, I am really interested to see if Canelo can keep up this kind of activity. Obviously one of the things that's helping him maintain it is that the zone is shelling out a lot of money for all these fights. I think he made, uh, probably around 25 million for the Callum Smith fight plus some gate. And I think he's making around 15 million for this Avenue Yildrum fight. So I don't, I'm not hundred percent on that, but that's my best guess. I know he made 15 million for the Rocky fielding fight. So it's a good barometer. Mm-hmm. And look, as long as they, as long as someone's going to continue paying him this kind of money, I think he, we could see him stay active. And obviously he's going to fight again, May 8th against Billy Joe Saunders. Maybe we see another fight. Of course, in September, that's the plan on that Mexican independence day weekends, which he always fights on. And then maybe again, he, you know, he said in December, so that would be five fights in a calendar year. Um, and I think that would be big if we can get him in December again, maybe the December fight is an easier fight. Let's say whether it's like a Ryota Murata or something, but, um, I think September, you know, he said it right. Kale plan is who he wants. Yeah. Well, what do you think about that fight? I mean, I obviously I like Canelo in that fight, but I think the thing with both plant and Billy Joe Saunders, that these guys can box, you know, and so how is that going to look? Can they do enough to avoid Canelo and just, you know, d- to eke out some close rounds and maybe send this fight to the scorecards? That's going to be the real interesting thing that's in play, both of this fights. I actually like Billy Joe Saunders 
a lot more with his ability to to execute that type of plan than I do Caleb Plant. I think that Caleb Plant is probably going to get overwhelmed in that fight. I just don't see him, you know, giving the type of work and the type of opponents that he's going against as being qualified to, you know, I, I know he holds a belt, but I'm not expecting him to to fare very well against Canelo. You know, with with Billy Joe Saunders, look, this is a guy who's coming in very confident. We, you know, you spoke to him at length recently on Pug and Cop, and that confidence is brimming. He, I think, he has a, a very good understanding of the fight plan that he wants to execute, and it could make for a complicated test against Canelo. But again, I'm not going to pick against Canelo Alvarez in that fight, and I think again that pressure uh, will wear down Billy Joe Saunders. But it's a it's a great point, Mike, that you raised because. You know, fighting five times in a calendar year, yeah, for certain, I think that he's an overwhelming favorite here. And if he does finish Yildirim in short order, that does, you know, set the stage for a a May-September duo of fights that we know Canelo is capable of of accomplishing. I think that December fight is going to be the one that's, you know, okay, is that too much? You've been in the gym now. It, It will be like basically being in the gym for what, like about, 15 months at least because remember how long he was in the gym before he fought callum smith mike so i mean it's like hey how much how long can you stay in there dude and if you want to if you want to take december off and then come back again in early in uh, 2022 i think he could be excused on that point but you really got to admire the guy for wanting to take that on and i guess the other uh, point that i had mike is that do you think that by doing this, Canelo is is setting the tone, setting the example for other fight fighters to follow, or is he just so unique that this is his own thing in trying to fight, you know, so frequently? I mean, I certainly think other fighters are going to see it and they're going to want to replicate that. I, I mean, I think right now, even a lot of fighters want to be more active and, you know, maybe the promoters won't give them the dates they want or the amount of money they want for each fight to make it feasible. But like, you know, like we've said, Lance, I think it makes a lot of sense to have, you know, whether it's a Shakur Stevenson, a Tiafimo Lopez, whoever, have them fighting three times a year. You know, there's plenty of dates to go around in these network deals. Um, we don't need all these, you know, these uh, ho-hum fights. Do we really need Joe Smith Vlasov as a main event? I know it didn't happen. It was a fun fight, but I would rather see that as a co-feature and have one of your stars in the main event and have them fight three times a year or four times a year. I don't know. Even if it's against easier opposition. You know, we had Joe Lewis back in the 40s, Bum of the Month Club, right? It was great right. for boxing. I think it's. I think fighters are, to answer your question, yes, they're going to see Canelo fighting. They're going to say, hey, I want to be more active. I want my name out there more. I want to get all these extra paydays. Why not? You're right. Exactly. I think that what the, uh, the other interesting thing that Canelo talked about, and I know you asked him about this, Mike, was that you know now that he's getting into boxing promotion, this could be a slippery slope. You know, um, you know a fighter has to stay, keep his focus on the game. He has to stay connected to the sport and to the gym is is the promotional work that canelo is undertaking going to be an unnecessary distraction or is it a necessary distraction given that this will be you know one day be his future in the sport i think it is a necessary distraction i think uh it's up to him obviously but if he wants it to be his future it certainly could i mean you know his former mentor uh oscar de la hoya uh has done pretty well for himself as a promoter, obviously at the golden boy promotions and put on a ton of big fights over the years. And yeah, maybe Canelo was inspired by that, um, or motivated by his bad 
you know, experience with the golden boy in the ends to try to change things as a promoter. So I, I do, I can see him doing that. I think he has this great ambition that he's never going to settle and never be satisfied. So yeah, why not? Might as well start doing it now. And I'm, ex- I'm interested to see what happens with that promoter's license. Cause we've seen it all over the years, right? Lance, with all these phony promoting promotional companies, you know, bomb squad promotions, lions only promotions. Uh, Marquez, Mar- why Mar- Mar- Marquez had a promotional company. I mean, any, any fighter, you name it. And I get it. They want, to brand their likeness. It makes a lot of sense, but most of them aren't actually promoting fights. So for Canelo to get that promoter's license, I wonder what that, uh, that entails and what that foretells. Yeah. And I know he just touched on it briefly, but he seemed pretty passionate about the fact that his countrymen have been deprived money, you know, um, have been kind of shafted and abused, uh, through the sport of boxing. The fact that he would get involved in it and protect them and, you know, guide them and through, you know, his own lessons, um, does seem pretty admirable and it does seem like, I mean, it, it's an effective business model because I think this guy knows the sport. He knows the business of the sport. Remember he sat in on, uh, on that lawsuit that was, uh, going on, uh, between golden boy and the Florida promoter. So he's, he's very, uh, intuitive about everything that's going on and how to, how to protect these guys and make sure that they can maximize their, their revenues. And I know a lot of promoters say this, but if anyone's going to be true to it, to me, it would be a guy who has uh, millions, if not a billion in the bank. Right, Mike? <laughs> exactly. So he's building up his fortune now in his empire. And look, there's a good reason. One of the big reasons he has a fortune is Eddie Reynoso, his manager and trainer. Eddie's done a great job. I think he's the best trainer in boxing right now. Um, you know, he's really transformed Ryan Garcia. He's now completed the transformation with Oscar Valdez. What do you think it's going to take for somebody else to overtake Eddie Reynoso as the 2021 trainer of the year. I know we're in February, but he's already off to a big start. I know. You can almost say game over. I mean, honestly, what Eddie Reynoso has done, and when you look at you know the fight schedule that is laid out, at least what we know about it so far for the rest of the year, I mean, I like this guy's chances in all these fights. So, I mean, he's going to be a significant player in regards to you know so many important bouts between now and the end of the year. And... Look, Eddie Reynoso is a guy that I, I can remember, Mike, remember when when Canelo fought Floyd Mayweather, there were some people saying like, you know, like, oh, Canelo needs to end his loyalty to his uh, Mexican father and son trainer um, tandem and, and be with someone like Freddie Roach or someone else because, you know, maybe he hasn't developed. But um, Eddie Reynoso is a guy who has tended to you know, learning the fundamentals of the sport and being able to pass that those along so effectively. I mean, you, you talk to Eddie a lot. He is, uh, he's a genuine guy. He's an authentic guy. He's a guy who loves, loves life. I mean, his, 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 his saying is no boxing, no life. And he loves both things. I mean, he loves boxing. He loves life and he's, his enthusiasm, it's just infectious. I mean, and it's invaded all of the guys. You can, you can see it. I mean, you can see the camaraderie, uh, and the happiness that exists in Canelo Alvarez, Ryan Garcia, Oscar Valdez. You know, we haven't really seen a- Andy Ruiz Jr., but we know he's working with uh, Eddie Reynoso now. And and this weekend, you know, we've got Julio Cesar Martinez uh, defending his belt for the third time against Mick Williams Arroyo. So the success and, um, you know, just the vibes that come out of that gym in San Diego. And I know he, he works with some of the guys in Mexico uh, for this camp as well is is something that has taken taken boxing by storm and obviously i think uh um right now it's a slam dunk that he's trainer of the year 
Right, Lance. And look, there's a lot of great trainers in the sport. You know, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention guys like Derek James, Freddie Roach, Robert Garcia. Um, the list goes on and on. But I think Eddie Reynoso right now is at the top of the heap. And the one thing that's clear to me is we need more great trainers, much, much more of them, in order to keep boxing um, the best fighters and to keep these guys growing. So that's our show for today, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Canelo Alvarez. And we look forward to Canelo's fight Saturday on The Zone against Avenue Realtor.